otherwise on SAFM. And a very good day to you, Mzansi, and welcome to Otherwise on SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. My name is Shadow Twala. This show is produced by Hazel Makuzeni, and our technical producer for today is Derek Fordyce. You may reach us on 0892-102010, email otherwise at safm.co.za, tweets at otherwise SAFM, or at Shadow Twala. Tuli Zongu is a consumer journalist with the Sowetan. She joins me today to answer all your questions about buying a home. We get some inspiration from Dikeledi Musime, who's the CEO of Tin Pack Packaging. Then finally, we hear how the SA Taxi Foundation is transforming the industry from director uh, K- Kalnisha Singh. But first, a lunch bite for today, and uh, it's called being present to the moment. Nobility of character manifests itself at loopholes when it is not provided with large doors, says Mary Wilkins Freeman. Well, opportunities do not always come at the time or in the form we had hoped. Instead of blinding flashes of light, there are often still small voices that whisper to us in unexpected moments. Our potential for greatness is linked with our ability to be present to the moment. Noticing may be one of the most important skills we have. When we are present to notice a small, obscure opportunity, we may discover that we have taken a major turn on the path of our life. So anybody can walk through a wide open door. I hope for the nobility of character to see the loophole. Otherwise, on SAFM. Tulizum is a consumer journalist with a Monday Consumer Line column in the Sowetan, and she joins me now to talk to us about the pros and cons of buying a home, or buying a house for that matter, from offer to from offer to the purchase. Tuli, thank you for joining us again, my sister. Thank you. How are you? Uh, I'm, I'm great, Charlotte, and thank you ever so much for uh, for having me today, and uh, good afternoon to your listeners too. Now, do you get a lot of... Um, people who seek your help with regards to uh, a purchase they made of a home and at what point do they come back to you? Um, in most cases, Shadow, Sister Shadow, you, we get complaints when a person is in trouble. Mm. Let me say for an, ex, uh, for an example, a consumer will sign a purchase, uh, an offer to purchase and not having considered her or his circumstances. Mm. Uh, remember, when you buy a, a property, you need to know whether you can afford it. Mm. Uh, you need to know whether you have saved enough to pay a deposit for a house. You need to know whether you can afford to pay the agent commission and the fees of the attorney who will be transferring the property into your name. And um, oftentimes we get uh, these consumers who are saying, um, I, have, I have signed this offer to, to purchase and I don't uh, have money, I can't afford to pay a bond, and now the estate agent is, is demanding the commission from, from, from them. And um, when that happens, it is because you have committed yourself into a legal, uh, into a legal uh, contract. Because a binding document as well, huh? Yes, you have signed it and you haven't considered your circumstances and you have not even asked the bank if the bank can finance uh, finance the property that you desire. Tuli, I'm, I'm going to take us back to the beginning here because, uh, you know, as you say, a lot of people get into trouble first and then that's the only time they come. Then they would come to us. Then they come and to you. Uh, 
And I, I, I wanted to, to, to share with, with, with our readers uh, the pros and cons of buying a house. Mm. And uh, I'll start by saying, uh, you know, accommodation is one of the most basic human needs apart from clothing and the need to be fed. Mm. And we all know that housing is a, is a, is, or buying a house is a good invest, investment. Mm-hmm. It's a place to go home to, but buying a house is not for everyone. And uh, in most cases, you'd have to, oh, in, in your life, in, in, in your, once in your life, you, or at some point in life, you'd have to ask yourself whether it is good for you to rent or to buy. Mm. And the answer depends on uh, consumer circumstances and the state of housing. Okay. So you've, you've asked yourself, should I rent or should I buy? And you come up with, I ought to buy. Because there's something about owning a home as well that that gives somebody um a, a, a sort of pride. a step pride and a step up i mean families what the first thing children do is i want to buy my mother a house or you know because we we all come from a history of not having uh fixed addresses or or homes or a, 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 a place to go home to yes uh, most consumers believe that it is better to own uh, than to rent mm-hmm. but prices sometimes often come in our in our way because uh, it has to. You, you have to be um, in a position to buy. You have to be able to secure a loan. Uh, you ha- you must have a good credit and enough money to even uh, secure that loan to buy the house that you you've always dreamed of. And it is then that you need to weigh your circumstances. Mm. And the other thing that you need to consider before buying a house, you need to check if career-wise you have settled. And you, if you haven't settled, then uh, or you, you, there, there's a probability that you may be moving, uh, moving employment or job hopping, then renting would be ideal for you. Mm. If you are settled, then you can think of owning a property. And while you are looking for a property, you can rent, uh, enter into, let me say, a, a periodical rent while you, rent it, while, while, while you are looking for a property that will suit your pocket. And then you can move and uh, and purchase that property but you you need to do that if you have enough money to pay like uh, like i mentioned before that it has to be a deposit you must be able to pay uh, the 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 agency you must be able to pay the transfer duties and uh, you should remember that uh, before after signing once the house is transferred into your name you still have an obligation to pay your 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 monthly installment you have an obligation. You, you, you can't move into an empty property. You need to buy furniture. You, you, you must know that the rates and taxes are on, are on you. Unlike in renting, there are, there are things that in renting you are, not, you, are, you are not going to be liable for, like maintaining the property. Mm. In, in renting, it is the landlord's duty mm. to maintain the property while you pay your monthly rental and at least your water and electricity. Whereas in housing, everything is on you. Now, Tuli, you, you know, every time you buy a house, people are buying a house from an agent because the seller, uh, of course, employs the services of an agent or a middle middleman. Mm-hmm. Should there not be an agent for the buyer as well? Because th- those contracts need serious p- perusing and, and, and studying and, you know, uh, to understand what they mean. And the agent will always be on the seller's side as opposed to the buyer's side. 
Yeah, that that is normally the case, Sharon. But what you can do as a buyer, you can then approach uh, an attorney to look into the contract that you'll be signing before you commit yourself. Yeah, so that means extra money as well that needs to be taken into you, consideration. You can, you can always approach the offices of consumer affairs in your neighborhood. They offer free services. You oh. can always approach the estate agency affairs board, which also offers a free service to look into the contract that you'll be signing into. So estate agency affairs board? Yes. You can give them a call. Uh, if they are, I, I, I know one here in Renbeck. And maybe for the other branches, uh, the, the consumers can always call and get uh, the details for those. But you can always call the Estate Agency Affairs Board. Number one, you check if that agent is registered with them. And if the contract that you are signing, is it one-sided, is it legal, does it favor your interest as well? Remember, if you are an estate agent, you also have to look into the, into the interest of, of, the, of, of the buyer mm-hmm. and... Uh, uh, that comes in, uh, you, 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 let me say, you cannot uh, invest the, the, the buyer's money into your own account. It has to be invested in an interest-bearing account, and, and that interest will accrue for the benefit of the buyer as well. And um, it can only be paid to the seller once everything has been completed, unless you agree, or as a, as a seller and uh, as a buyer, you agree otherwise that the funds can be released to the person who is entitled to. But um, in terms of the estate agency assets, board, it ha- the, the act itself, it ha- in terms of that act, uh, the funds have to be transferred to the, the, the seller on completion of everything once the property has been transferred into the name of the, of, of the buyer. Can we talk about occupational rent for a bit? Because people believe that as soon as they've signed the, 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 the document and the money is being transferred, they can move into the house, or as soon as it's signed, whether it's being transferred or not, they can move into the house and it's theirs and don't understand when they need to pay occupational rent. Uh, you pay occupational rent while the property is being transferred into your name. Mm-hmm. And what, once it is in your name and your bank starts deducting the monthly installment, there's no need for you to pay occupational rent. Mm-hmm. It is an agreement that is entered between both parties to ensure that this person at least has an accommodation, has accommodation while the legal processes are in place. And that those legal processes, they take a period of about three months to be completed. Then you can agree in paying occupational rent. But, but um, why? Yeah. Does it satisfy your question? No, no I, I understand that, yes. But I'm, 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 I'm wondering about the state and the condition of, of the house itself or the property itself. Should anything happen while you are in there paying occupational rent? Um, who is liable? It, again, it depends on the type of contract that you, you have signed. Once the deal has been clinched, there is um, a such, um, I'm, I'm forgetting the, the, the section, that all the liabilities that befall on the buyer, once the contract has been sealed or once the contract has been signed and, uh, and uh, at the time of signing there was nothing wrong on the property, any other damages that may happen later, then there are the, 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 the buyer's um, calamities. Mm. So, Tuli, give us those boxes that uh, have to be ticked before you append your signature on that document. You're buying a home. 
what are the things that you have to just give us a, 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 a kind of a list of boxes that one has to tick or must have thought about before they purchase their home before you buy the house mm. uh, the first one that i've indicated was whether you have saved enough you have money to pay all of the all of of, of the <coughs> of the transfer duties the commission and and, and so on and um the other thing that you have to to to, to check you um Okay. <coughs> Sorry. Before, before we move on to the other thing, who who is liable for the commission? The agent, uh, the, the, the seller or the buyer, or do both of you then pay the agent's commission? It, it depends on the on the on the contract that you have signed. There are instances where the, where the the buyer is liable for the commission, and and then again where the seller is liable for the commission. It depends on the wording of the contract. Okay, so again, you need somebody to go through that to contract. To look at it and see if, who is liable for the commission, whether the buyer or, or the, the, the seller. Okay, okay. And in most, in most cases, consumers have been uh, held liable for the agent's commission where they buy properties and they still have to be responsible for the attorney's fees. Sure, okay. Would you, yeah, what, the, the other thing that I, I thought consumers need to, 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 to consider is to, to, to check if the contract is not one-sided, if it favors uh, both the buyer and the seller. And uh, the other thing that they need to do is to, to find out if their banks can finance uh, them before they sign, that, uh, the, uh, they sign on the dotted line. <clears throat> because if they sign before they, they can assess the, the, their ability to, to pay, in the end they will be liable for the commission of the agent. Because they are in breach of the contract. And if, if they decide to withdraw before the cooling off period, then uh, they, they, they are not going to be liable for anything. And in most cases, you, you, you find consumers not uh, knowing that they have to, 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 to withdraw within a certain period of time. And the cooling off period, issue, it should be included in the court of the contract that they, they will be signing. And before signing, they need to uh, check with their attorneys, the estate agency affairs board, or the offices of consumer affairs if the contract is balanced. Truly, just explain the cooling off period? Uh, the cooling off period is the time upon which you can withdraw from the contract without being liable for any uh, penalties. You are not going to be penalized. You're not going to be told you have to pay X amount mm. to so-and-so because you are in breach of the contract. The cooling off period allows the consumer to decide uh, whether or not they can proceed with that contract. And most often, the cooling off uh, of period uh, it's about uh, 21 days okay. uh, for a housing and in some uh, contracts it would be seven seven days period mm. so it's it's important to find out uh, how long it is and how long you have but if you if the contract is one-sided um, are you able to request that it be changed Yes, it, it cannot be one side. Your, your, your rights as a consumer must also be, be heard. You remember the Consumer Protection Act says you cannot, um, you cannot have a contract that favors the rights of the, of the service provider more than it does uh, the rights of the consumer. Okay. So the Consumer Protection Act also bars that kind of a practice because it gives the service provider more rights than the consumer. So this is why it is important for a consumer to check the contract 
And if they do not understand the legalities, then they can approach all these institutions that I've mentioned, like um, yeah, the, uh, uh, in terms of housing, it would be a state agency affairs board, it would be the consumer affairs board. Any, and I think there is an associate, it's a housing, I'm, I'm forgetting the title, but there is another institution where they can verify if the, the contract they are signing is balanced. Okay, uh, so you can't you can't just turn around one day and say I didn't understand and I didn't know I just put my signature on because there are people that are out there that can help you for nothing as well, right? Uh, I'm, I'm sure you can because of ignorance. You remember there is uh, a section also in the Consumer Protection Act that says uh, the service provider cannot take full advantage of the consumer who do not understand the the legalities or the uh, the terms. Uh, of the contract that he or she is signing into. You can also use that provision of the Consumer Protection Act to say. So can you feign ignorance and and refuse to pay? Ignorance is covered in terms of, of, um, it's section 54, if I'm not not quoting the section wrong, Mm. but there's a section in the Consumer Protection Act which deals with unquestionable conduct where they say a service provider cannot take an ad- advantage of a person who is ignorant, who mm-hmm. is not learned, who mm-hmm. does not understand the content of the, of the, of the contract that they're entering into because of, um, of ignorance or ignorance of the, it would be ignorance of the law, of course, because mm-hmm. they, they would have entered into a legal argument. Uh, if that person is ignorant, is an old person or is a disabled person, you cannot take advantage of mm. the person when you fully know that this person might not know their rights, they might not assert their rights properly. So that section covers uh, the consumers. Again, I say we must all get ourselves familiar with the Consumer Protection Act. It, it has a lot of pertinent information. So let's talk about those boxes again. So check if you have enough money to pay transfer duty commission, agents commission, etc. And mm-hmm. uh, check your contract and make sure that you get assistance in reading and understanding it. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, the other thing that, uh, okay, the most important thing you, 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 you should be able to, to, to maintain your bond because... It, if you do not maintain your bond, you, you, if you default, uh, you, you might mess up with your own credit worthiness. You may not be in a position to get credit in the mm-hmm. future. I'm just supposing these pawns and the calls with, with, with renting. Whereas, in, in, let me say in housing, you, you build equity. The more you pay your bond, the more your, your prospect of owning that property increase. And if you default, then uh, there's adverse um, information that goes into your credit worthiness. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you have a, a negative recording, and if you continue failing to pay your bond, then the bank might attach your property. You don't want to have your property attached within a few months of occupying the property. I've seen a number of consumers who have uh, bought properties, and a few months later they decide to rent it because. They did not plan. Pro- they did not plan properly. They would have someone renting the property, or they were not able to buy the house, or the, the property would would be attached by by the bank. It is more. Uh, it is more. It, it has like emotional effects and some financial effects too. You know, when when you when you when you, you own a property, you can paint it the way you want. You can uh, uh, refurbish it the way you want. You can uh, do extensions in the property that you have bought. You have more uh, privacy 
unlike in renting. In renting, you cannot um, hammer a, a twenty paintings on the on 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 your wall. You cannot paint. It. You cannot paint it anywhere you want. You cannot extend the property. Those are the 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 the, the cons of uh, uh, the pros and the cons of buying and renting the property. And uh, in renting, I'm, I'm sorry. In renting, you your your rental depends on 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 it depends on 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 the on the landlord. Where else, when you have your own property, you're you're repaying your bond. Uh, you, you can agree on a fixed amount that you're going to pay over a period of time. It's not going to go up. Uh, the other advantage in, in buying a property is that you can pay more than uh, the amount that is agreed, and you can always borrow against that money that you have paid in extra. Mm-hmm. And for an example, um, uh, for an example, uh, my, my, my sister has been repaying on more than, uh, that, than uh, she was expected to do. And when she was faced with problems, she was able to borrow a huge amount from her bond to purchase a car. And uh, she is now uh, paying her car and her house without any hassle. That is the advantage of buying a house. And in renting, it doesn't build any equity. It, it, you're just paying the, the, the rent. And, uh, and it increases any time at the will of, of, of the landlord or as prescribed by um, by the uh, rental uh, by the rental uh, South African rental agency. I, I don't, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I think I'm misquoting that. South African agencies. rental agencies. Uh, there's, there's there's an agency that deals with them, though, huh? That, that, yes, yeah. it, it increases it increases every year. Every year, you have no control over it. Anything that you want to do in rental, it depends on the might of the landlord. Whereas when you own your own property. You can do as you please. Mm. The, the, you, you can refurbish your house. You can do anything at your pace and at 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 will. Truly, we so much appreciate your time. You're going to get a lot of calls, I think, and a lot of uh, uh, emails. Can we have your email address again to give to our listeners? My email address is zungu t z u n g u t at soeten. And which is your your company cell phone number? It's O eight three nine four seven. Yes, nineteen twenty one. I thank you, my sister, for your time again and valuable, valuable advice. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you ever so much for having us, Sister Shadow. Thank you. Tuli Zungu of the Soweto she's a consumer journalist and knows her stuff Uh, if you want more information and you've been listening and you're interested in some of the information she gave gave us it's zungut at soweto.co.za otherwise on SAFM now I've invited my next guest to just give us inspiration she's the CEO of 10 pack promotional packaging her name is Dike Lady Musime. How important is the E, Musime, Dike Lady? <laughs> Hello. <laughs> good afternoon, Shadow. Thank you very much and good afternoon to your listeners. How are you? I'm very well, enjoying the sunny Cape Town. Listen, I, I'm, I'm very inspired by your story. You know, you, you got retrenched and as opposed to going home and, and, and crying about it, you did something positive and today you're the CEO of Tin Pack Promotional Packaging. I thought you'd like to share the story with us, please. 
yes, Shadow. I have been one person that believes when one door closes, another one should be opening somewhere. Mm-hmm. And yes, um, after my retrenchment, um, on the last day of the retrenchment, I send an email to all my personal friends, giving them my new email address. And there's a young man that I mentor that gave me a call and said, where are you going? And I said to him, look, I have just been retrenched. And he said, please come and work for our organization. I've been telling them about this amazing woman that um, is involved in operations and manufacturing. Mm -hmm. And my response to this young man was, I will not be employed again. I'm going to create jobs. Oh, my goodness. Yes. And that's how I then came across Tintec. The young man worked for NAMPAC, mm-hmm. and he set up a meeting with the group uh, HR um, manager of NAMPAC. And when I met, and he said, I said to him, I'm not going to this meeting. He insisted. And eventually I made it to the meeting. He asked me to do it for him. At the meeting, we discussed, and there was an opportunity for me to be employed within the NAMPAC group because of my experience in manufacturing and production mm-hmm. and being a black woman, good leadership. And having run a successful business within the Pioneer Foods Group as a general manager. And my response to the group HR manager then was, I'm not looking for a job. I can sell my time to your business. I've acquired a lot of skills, and this time I'm the boss. (laughs) And he said, well, fortunately, we have a business that we've closed down. And if you send us your CV and we look at your profile and we see you as a suitable candidate, we can give you the opportunity to run this business. And we've just re- uh, retrenched people, and therefore it will be an opportunity for you to give back. Mm-hmm. And I took that with both hands, and that's when I registered Tintec. And currently we employ, uh, I, when people ask me how's Tintec doing, I say to them, we pay seven, plus 75 as wages and salaries, and that's within two years of Tintec existing. Oh my goodness. We are celebrating our anniversary on the 1st of April. This year, because we started on the 1st of April 2013. Now, you know, when I when I read your story, I and, and I've, I've spoken to you as well, I, and I've, I've never been able to ask you how it all happened because I wanted to hear it with everybody else, and you know, uh, get inspired by everybody else. But what what was what, what do you think we we never do or why we never see opportunities? Earlier on, I was talking about being mindful and being present and understanding the moment to see loopholes. What do you think? A lot of us uh, don't get about seeing opportunities like this. I think the big thing, uh, Sherry, it starts with you as a person. If you believe in yourself, I remember my last meeting with when I, uh, at, at the end of the retrenchment, my last day with the staff. I said to them, guys, you better see this as an opportunity because the business is restructuring for reasons of future growth on a lot of occasions and you either need to buy into that vision or you can feel sorry for me going away and as for me I feel like I'm an able uh, human being mm-hmm. who's able to create any other opportunity outside this work and therefore it's, it's a matter of having a belief in what you can do you as a person and there's never an end until you decide it is the end mm. Because, you know, we, we hear a lot about n- n- not having enough jobs for everyone in the country. 
Now, you, 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 you employ, you say now, 75 people in two years. How do you think we can create more jobs in the country? I think it, it, it's, it's a responsibility that comes from you as an individual. Having, For me personally, I wanted to leave a legacy. I have been coaching and mentoring a lot of young people, you know, inspiring them and telling them to extend their gifts and talents so they can create more for the rest of the people to benefit from that. But not only that, now you are available as an individual who aspire to great things and big things. Secondary, then, is to get the support that's required from business or be it from government structures that will partner with an entrepreneur like myself. Because one of the biggest challenges is then finding the right partners that will see that vision and support it and resource it appropriately. Like, for example, now the business is self-funded. So I've taken everything out of my retrenchment package, set up this factory, and has run it for two years and ensured that everything is run at the right level, professional, and I deal with a lot of customers like your Woolworths, your ShopRite, your Pick and Pay, and everybody knows the standards in those organizations. We do packaging for your Bellforce brands. We do packaging for your wine farms. So now, it's a matter of find, finding the right partners and the right structures. Well, yeah, I was going to say, tell us about your company, but you've touched on that. And you say you're self-funded, but most of the challenges is, is that people talk about in starting businesses is, is getting finance for their businesses. And you were lucky you had your retrenchment package. But have you ever thought of how other people who don't have those uh, packages can can succeed in business? It is difficult, Shadow, because that was one of the biggest uh, lessons when I started that it's like the bank will only be nice to you two years later when they see your nice fit bank balance. Mm. As well as other funding organizations, they will come and they will make requests that you as a new business will not even be able to meet. Halfway through your, their checklist, you realize that you're wasting your time you're on your own. So the systems need to be reviewed in such a way that they will enable new status who don't have the advantage ahead of at least having a startup seed that you can plow and risk in a business and get in the right of support. I need to ask you one one very big thing and then you'll tell us exactly how your your, your business works, but a lot of it again is about fear people fear starting things people fear moving on people fear exploring new areas of how do you did you conquer your fear (laughs) (laughs) i i i I must say i haven't conquered it even because even before this interview i experienced it oh that's good that's good (laughs) that's good (laughs) but what i have done for myself is to learn to live with my fear to make it my friend Mm. to acknowledge it when i experience it and to then say how do i deal with it so as we can get the work started and get the job done Mm. and therefore fear has become my friend it exists but it doesn't stop me from doing anything because i also Owe it to myself to achieve that legacy that I have always visioned for my life. Okay, DK Lady, tell us about your packaging just briefly. We do tin packaging. Some people call it fancy tins, some call it promotional tins. Mm-hmm. The kind of tins that when someone gives you a nice fancy bottle of wine in a tin or a whiskey 
or you go into Willis during the Christmas period, they've got those beautiful displays with all sorts of nice printed tins. Mm-hmm. That is what Tinpex manufactures. It's the oh. local business. A lot of people ask us, do you buy these tins, tins from China and sell them to us? And then I say to them, no, we make them from stuck. And that's the reason why we could create these stuff. 75 jobs that we are currently creating at Tinpex. It's a wonderful way of marketing as well because the tin, if it's got your logo or the name of your product, it, it has a longer life than a, a cardboard packet, right? It does because then it uplifts your brand, the image, and the branding stays longer than a paper bag or a plastic container. Mm. And there's a lot of reuse. And for a lot of people, they think because it's fancy, it's tin is expensive, but we get a lot of customers that we ask, how much do you pay for your paper bag? or for your plastic container, and then when I tell them how much do they pay for a tin that will last forever, their brand will be visual into generations, and they become so, so surprised. Listen, I'm so I'm so proud of you, you know, and I wish you all the best with Tin Pack. Um, if, if people want to get hold of you, can they find you on your website? Yes, we do have a website, and our website address is www.tinpack.com. .co.za and the factory is based in Cape, in Cape Town in Epping Industrial 1 mm-hmm. and our telephone number is 021 531 6071 and we're based in Cape Town All the best I'm very proud of you thank you for the inspiration and all the best with your company Thank you very much Shadow and thanks to all your listeners Take care Thanks. Have a good afternoon. You too. Bye bye. Bye bye. Website is tinpac.co.za. I'm 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 so happy to to hear that story. When we come back, let's talk about the South African Taxi Foundation. They 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 transforming the industry big time. And we speak to the director, Carl Nisha Singh, uh, who joins us after this. Otherwise on SAFM. Kalnisha Singh is the director at the SA Taxi Foundation. Kalnisha, thank you for joining us. Hello. How's it, Shara? Thanks for having me. I'm good, thank you. You transforming the taxi industry in a big way. Is there some particular uh, strategy you're using with regards to how you you apply your 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 CSI? Um, what what we try to do is we like try to transformation holistically and address what transformation actually means to the economy. Um, and from our angle, transformation means essentially addressing the gaps that exist in our economy um, in in order to to put us on a more sustainable path. Um, the SA Taxi Foundation is an extension of SA Taxi Finance, um, and it's a, it's a not-for-profit entity that's. That sole focus is essentially putting back into the taxi industry and, and helping the taxi industry realize their potential um, in our great economy. And, and you know, it is important to, 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 to make sure this industry contributes well because it, it, it taxis, well, it's a mode of transport for, for largely a, a big population in South Africa and it's an important one. But how does one and the, does the Taxi Foundation assist people in, in, in getting started in, in, in this industry? So SA Taxi Finance um, as a whole um, is, is a developmental credit provider. We, 
we say that our primary purpose in, in this economy is to empower small businesses and and help entrepreneurs access capital with with which to you know start businesses and run business. Business. We have several empowerment initiatives that help taxi operators run their businesses better, mm-hmm. um, access different areas of the market and different opportunities and that sort of thing. The foundation itself, uh, being a little bit removed from the finance business, is focused on investing in education and sharing knowledge and, and, and bringing together collaborative partners to help uh, this industry essentially just realize their potential. And like you said, Somewhere between 19 million and 27 million people take a taxi every day. Mm. It's the largest part of the workforce that travels by taxi. It's it's the heartbeat of our economy. Mm. Um, if the taxi industry had to stop operating tomorrow, this economy will grind to a halt. Grind to a halt. And we feel that not enough, well, not certainly not enough South Africans, not enough people in general understand the gravity and the gravitas of this industry. Um, and our one of our prime objectives is to is to transform the thinking around the tra- taxi industry um, and the understanding of the taxi industry in in our country. The thinking and and getting people to respect the industry more, or even respect Definitely. the business itself. Definitely, um, and and it's an issue of respect. I mean, we all have had instances in the traffic where where a taxi driver has to get a a particular amount of rage in us. But if we take a step back and understand that that taxi driver is responsible for those 16 people in the vehicle and those 16 people need to get to work on time and they can't necessarily use traffic as an excuse like you and I can, Mm. um, it changes your perception of of the dynamic a little bit. Um, And I'm not obviously advocating lawlessness. I'm just saying that maybe we should let the taxi driver in the traffic when they need to get in and and not, you know, speed ahead or something. Are we getting a lot of women entrepreneurs in the taxi industry? Because I think that the, it's, it's male-dominated and it's not easy for, oh, even though I know there are a few women here and there, but how are we attracting women into the industry? Um, um, various things. Look at it from an economic perspective. One of the taxi is probably one of industries to get into as an entrepreneur you don't need any special education you don't need anything more than a driver's license and a, and a you know and a sum of money to buy a taxi route permit with um we are seeing more female uh taxi operators or the owners of the vehicles coming through something like 20 percent of our current customer base are women um so definitely, I think from a from a barrier to entry perspective, it's it's a very it's very very easy for women to get into this industry, particularly as owners. I think it's a little bit, uh, it's probably a little bit more risky. And it's going to take longer to see more female drivers on the road, but definitely as an owner, as an entrepreneur, it's an easy industry to get into. Um, yeah, and there's definitely a growing number of women entrepreneurs in the industry. Mm. How do mm. we as the public engage with your foundation? How can we benefit from some of the strategies you use and the, the approach you have that may benefit even uh, other industries as opposed to just the taxi industries? What can we learn from okay. you? So at the foundation, we're very much about taking a collaborative approach and we welcome conversations 
and dialogue um, from anyone who's willing to talk to us about anything, really. Mm-hmm. We believe that, you know, obviously the sum of the parts is greater than, greater than anything we can do by ourselves. So we're very interested in collaboration. Um, if I can give you an email address. Yes, please. Um, it's foundation at fataxi.co.za. Mm-hmm. And we, we are literally willing to hear from anyone about anything that's going to help us drive this nation forward. I, I, I commend. I really respect, respect the work you've done, and it, 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 I know we could have had a longer conversation because mm. it's just we just touched the top of the iceberg. But hopefully, we get to have other conversations during the year, uh, and 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 just get more people to engage with you as as a, as, a, as a foundation, mm. and, and of course, uh, the, and get more women in there, huh? Okay, thank you very much. I I, I really um, encourage people to send us emails and and speak to us about any pressing issues. I mean, time is something we have an unlimited, um, you know, we have unlimited time basically to talk and discuss ideas. Our our mission is to drive this nation forward. Fantastic. So So do you have a website as well? Um, It's the SA Taxi website, www.sataxi.co.za. Okay, and have we got the art up on, on some vehicles already? The art is being rolled out, so you'll be able to see the art from the vehicles uh, from the first week of June. We're currently in production. Oh, I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. Kaldisha, thank you so much for talking to us. Thanks for having me, Shadow. You take care now. Bye-bye. That's Alnisha Singh uh, from the Taxi Foundation's SA Taxi Foundation. And uh, you may find them on www.sataxi.co.za. And you may send her emails at foundation at taxi. Oh, no, foundation at sataxi.co.za. So foundation at sataxi.co.za. It is time for Nali Bali.